I, I put this on a Twitter poll, and I mean this sincerely, because, I, I, again, we acknowledge at the top of the show, I think Travis Kelsey is going to be regarded as the greatest tight end to ever play. I, mean, I agree. The, the records that he's doing, especially in the way he catches touchdowns in postseason games, is, is unbelievable. Yeah. So he's going to go down as a first ballot Hall of Famer, as the best, arguably the best to ever do it. And I'm, I'm not trafficking in fame or clout here. I'm trafficking in the craft of the chosen artist. Who is better at what they do? Is it Travis Kelsey or it's Taylor Swift? What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Chasing It. Trey Wingo here with Chase Daniel. We played week three of the NFL season, and I think we know a little bit about a lot of teams, Chase. We don't know a lot about more teams. But I think the one thing we can say with great certainty is the thing that I don't care about, <laughs> everybody seems to care about. And I, I want I to be clear. I wonder who you're talking about. Yeah, Taylor Swift and her supposed infatuation romance, likely, likely, whatever, with Travis Kelsey, right? I, when I, when we did the rant last week, I want to be clear. I had, I had no animosity. I just didn't care. Like, I didn't care. But I, I acknowledge how many people do care. And it's insane. Like Now how, you care because we're leading the show with it. So you obviously well, care. Well, I, I care about how big of a thing it is. Yeah. In what is normally the biggest thing ever, which is NFL games, and it's been completely supplanted by this army of people, uh, the Swifties, that are just... It's so funny, Chase, for me to get someone's perspective, right? That Someone sent me this TikTok video of a, of a couple. I, I'm assuming they're husband and wife. I don't know. But she's like, this is so good for Travis Kelsey. Like, he's on the map. And, and the husband turns to her and like... What are you talking about? And she's like, well, no one knew who Travis Kelsey was before Taylor Swift went to his game. And he's like, I'm pretty sure everybody knew who Travis Kelsey But that's the funny thing for me. Like, depending on what world you live in, it depends on how you filter this supposed uh, relationship. Well, I mean, I just love the fact that, I mean, we just have to replay. We're, we're going to cut it here. We're going to replay it because you just said Swifty in a million years I never thought you'd be saying and shouting out the Swifties on our show, but what well, makes I know what they even, are. Yeah, but that's that's amazing because you, but I you know but anyway that's just that's funny to me. Anyway, the Travis Kelsey. Okay, everyone who knew football obviously knew who Travis Kelsey was. Probably going to go down right. as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, tight ends of all time. And I think he'll end up being the best. It's in not his even position. close. I do yeah. too. I do too. Yeah. And you know, Taylor Swift going to go down as one of the greatest artists of all time. And that's, what's yeah. crazy to me. And I'm still not, I'm still not sure if they're actually a thing. Um, but what I, I do know, I think they're hanging out, getting to know each other. But what I do know is that Donna Kelsey was sitting next to her and the entire time that she was starting, she looked happy. And then toward the end of the game, she looked a little perturbed. Like, what is this girl doing? Like Taylor Swift, <laughs> I don't care who you are. Do you know who my name is? My name's Donna yeah. Kelsey. I got two NFL guys. Um, yeah. and, and it's just, it's interesting to me because we saw, I, we, we were sending in our group text, we were sending a bunch of different texts back and forth about it. And then chance, our producer sent us a, 
text that the NFL Instagram put out millions and millions of followers. And it was a reaction. Yes. It was a reaction to what was going on when Fox and Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson introed the show and then they show intro the game and they showed Taylor Swift in the box. And it, it, it had a bunch of videos on, on NFL's Instagram. And the first video was a grown man had his, had his, had his little camera out and he's just filming to see Taylor Swift. He's like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh my God. And it's just like all these young girls screaming, going nuts. And it's just like, honestly, the biggest benefactor in this is the NFL because that game drew all sorts of crazy ratings. And the fact that they Fox actually cut away from it at halftime to go to Dallas because Dallas was getting whooped by Arizona. Like this whole phenomenon to me, is well, is wildly crazy. Well, let's let's take a look at that, okay? Because I, we all need to recognize the impact that it has. Like you can care about it or not, I don't. But you have to recognize the impact. The NFL TikTok page I have right here, okay? Um, and we'll get into TikTok a little later. Trust me, trust me on that. Um, has twelve million followers, right? Under the title, it says nine twenty four twenty three. Taylor was here. Okay, they posted that on their page on the same day, on the same day that they had Kim Kardashian announce that Usher was going to be the halftime show. Okay, the same day that they did that, they did not care because Taylor showed up to an NFL game. And just just for comparison purposes, that the last three TikTok videos that the NFL page has put out is Usher. Uh, sort of being announced at the halftime show for the Super Bowl, right? 1.7 million views. The reaction to Taylor Swift reacting to Travis Kelsey's touchdown, over 10 million views. Mm. And then the video of Taylor and Travis walking out of the game together, over 16 million views. So you, you cannot deny, and no one should even try, the significance of this to a lot of people. I'm just not one of them. Okay. But I I have to, I have to acknowledge that this is an unbelievable thing. Well, I just feel like, I don't know. It seems the timing and I'm, I'm not really one to question, but it seems like the timing is really weird because he was doing all these videos and media appearances, which he normally doesn't do other than his show uh, at the beginning of the week. And then she shows up. And somehow gets into his suite. I, I saw that she snuck into the suite in a popcorn in a popcorn like station thing that was like I don't know. I saw my wait, wife. Wait, 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 wait. wife. Uh, you did a deep dive here, so you you really it's, you dude, really did. Yes. On how did she get into the stadium without it's, being? Noticed? It's all it's all over Twitter, dude. It's all and, and then I swear all these Swifties and she is like a cult following. Like I didn't realize yeah. it, but my, my wife. Okay, my wife after the game and the fact was texting her sister nonstop and they are like fiends for this stuff they like a good pop culture like and i'm and i'm thinking in my head i'm just laughing i'm like no one cares about football i guarantee you almost every girl who's 12 years old to like 50 is doing this right now and trying to figure out all the details because she is that major of a pop star like that's the story and yeah i mean i saw on twitter there's like a big huge silver um, thing my wife showed it that she probably snuck into the suite and out of the suite to go back because everyone's like how did she get back down to the tunnel which in the family room because no one saw her i mean it's just like 
it's crazy because the amount of security that she would have to have there yeah. and just yeah. think about all the behind the scenes stuff. That's what's crazy to me is like she had to, she, it, it, this isn't just like a drop of a hat. Hey, let's just go to KC and let's fly private and go in. There's multiple things they had to deal with, with the chiefs for security. She's that sure. type of pop culture icon. That's, that's what's crazy yeah. to me. My favorite video that someone sent me was a, a guy who's a Swifty, and he's like, okay, this is what I've learned about Travis Kelsey. The first thing he says, <laughs> he plays for the NFL. <laughs> not, not that he plays for a team in the NFL, but he plays for the NFL. And then he said, he's 33, so he's got about four to five years left, so then he can go on tour with Taylor. Like, like oh, he's already, and, and then he This says, could be gone it, next week. I mean, it's insane. It's absolutely insane how these people are, but... And again, I, I put this on a Twitter poll, and I mean this sincerely, because, I, I, again, we acknowledge at the top of the show, I think Travis Kelsey is going to be regarded as the greatest tight end to ever play. I, mean, I agree. The, the records that he's doing, especially in the way he catches touchdowns in postseason games, is, is unbelievable. Yeah. So he's going to go down as a first ballot Hall of Famer, as the best, arguably the best to ever do it. And I'm, I'm not trafficking in fame or clout here. I'm trafficking in the craft of the chosen artist. Who is better at what they do? Is it Travis Kelsey or it's Taylor Swift? And before everybody freaks out, okay, I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not trafficking in fame. Obviously, Taylor is more famous. Obviously, Taylor has more clout. By the way, just by this announcement that they that went to the game together, or she went to the game, he's gained like 300,000 followers insane. on Instagram, okay? So I'm not dealing with clout. I'm not dealing with fame. I'm not dealing with notoriety. I'm dealing with the artist. And I think it's an interesting comparison because... Uh, not only is Travis really Taylor writes the majority of her own songs, and that's what yeah. I think makes her unique. She does. Yeah. She's not a produced superstar. She produces a lot of her own material. So I think that's an interesting comparison to look at. If you want to get away from the what does this mean? Are they getting married? Are they dating? Is he going on tour? Which one is better at their chosen craft? Yeah, I um I went back and forth because I actually voted in your poll and I I voted Thank Travis you. but I voted Travis but I I think the more I think about it I think it's Taylor because Travis is not Travis without Patrick Mahomes Alex Smith and people blocking for him There's eleven There's ten other guys on the field team at the same game time the team concept the team I get game. it I get it and yeah. and listen he he's still gonna I mean I, we agree on this he's gonna go down as the best of all time. Uh, at yeah. the position, and and your boy here threw him his first touchdown pass. Just saying, well, that's a different that's a different show. But I do think that what Taylor does, and how long she's been able to do it, and how long she will continue to be able to do it, like the length of her career, the fact that she yeah. writes her own songs, the fact that she goes. I mean, her concerts. I mean, she's playing forty four or 40, 40 songs. I mean, that is a work. I mean, every yeah. single night on tour. So. In my opinion, I, I, I'm going to go Taylor. What about you? Who, who are you? Yeah, listen, I, I, was, I was really thinking I was going to lean toward Travis, but after doing a dive and doing the research and getting some help from some Swifties, I will say that, getting some help from some Swifties, oh, I think I have, to lean, I have to lean towards Taylor Swift. Yeah. And, and now I think it's time for me to understand, uh, help people understand why I'm not blown away by all of this. Okay, like I'm not just like, oh, I can't believe Taylor Swift... This is not the first time this has happened, okay? Yep. For, for, for people 35 or younger, there's this cool thing called history and things that happened before you were alive, 
okay? And you need to take those things into your brain when you try and process stuff. Like all these Swifties, someone sent me this uh, TikTok influencer. Girls, we are winning. We have NFL media talking about our girl T. T. They're talking about it in sports media. We're in charge. We are dominating. This is not the first time this has happened, okay? Yeah. Just, just not too long ago, J-Lo and A-Rod were a huge thing, right? That was a huge deal. Uh, five or six years ago, Lady Gaga was the rage. She showed up at a Yankees game about 10 years ago, and people lost their minds yeah. that she showed yeah. up at a Yankees game. 20 years ago, there was this artist called Madonna, who was in very way, every way, just as iconic and trend-setting and groundbreaking yeah. as Taylor Swift. And then before that, they had this thing called the Beatles, okay? And then before that, there was this thing called Elvis, okay? So when you're caught up in the moment. When all these Swifties are caught up in the, in the moment of what it is right now, and that's their vision. That's all they can see. For those of us who have a few gray hairs and a few more years on the planet, this is nothing new. This is just the latest incarnation of what we're seeing. And that's yeah. why, to me, I find it hilarious how much people are freaking out about this. I, 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 I totally, I think that's such a good and so well put by you. But I, it's just, I, I just come back to like, it's Taylor Swift. And it's not just like some, like the Swifties, so-called, are just, they're, they're insane. It's an army. They're, yeah, they're crazy, and so I think that's what they're like. Hey, we've taken over the entire world, other than the sports world. Like the sports world's over here. Everything else that has to do with Taylor Swift is over here. Let's go and dip our feet in the sports world. And sure enough, in one day, in about two minutes of camera time on Fox, she took over yeah. the entire sport. She owns the whole world now. It's insane. Absolutely. But again, it's happened before. That's yeah. what you need to know. Google Madonna yep. Blonde Ambition Tour and Ooh. be prepared to freak out. I think okay? I need to be do that. Be prepared to freak out. There you go. Well, you well you need you need it because we've already seen you. You were you were with Taylor before, way before Travis was. You showed that. Yeah. I got that picture of you I'm and your saying. wife and your hair My, back there, dude. Your hair was something, bro. It, it was, was actually there was product in that hair. It, there was, but it was actually thicker, way thicker than it is now. And just welcome a bad to the haircut. rest of your life. Welcome yeah, to the rest like, of your life. I'm just going to keep losing <laughs> hair, dude. It's like, what's happening right here? But um, yeah, the picture was not good. Um, and actually, like, you know, it was, it was a, my, my wife, I'm going to be honest with you, my wife helped me write the tweet because I was like, I need yeah. something like witty and funny. And, and Kels is my boy. Like, hopefully yeah. we get him on the show here soon. But like, something like that was just like too easy. And my wife dug it up because she, she had heard they were dating and then that, right. that maybe he would be, and she was like, you need to post this. Like, this is too good. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I tried to even go and what and like try to Photoshop the 89 to 87 and be like, Travis, yeah. I told you way before your time, <laughs> but she was so nice. I mean, that was like when she was breaking yeah. out, it was 2015. And I told the chiefs, like, Hey, I'm going to the, I'm going to the, uh, the concert and they were like, hey, look, let's, let's make Taylor a jersey and we can get you backstage. And that was, before, that was like right on the cusp of when she became like famous to uber famous. And um, right. she was nice. I mean, that was when she actually met people backstage. You know, like I said, I got backstage, you know, um, tra Travis didn't. But she was so nice. And we met, we talked for 10 minutes. She was great, took pictures. And we, what's crazy about it, and I didn't say it, is that we ended up, my wife and I ended up sitting with her mom. 
the entire concert back in like the VIP area. She was like, hey, you guys want to come watch with us? Like where they were mixing and calling lights and stuff like that. So it was like yeah. a really cool experience. I mean, that would never, ever happen today, but it was just too yeah. good to share, not to share. Yeah, and, and also Tom Brady, Giselle Bündchen, okay? They've gone their separate Ooh. ways now, but like this stuff Power has couples. happened before. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't act like this is the first time this has ever happened. It's yeah. happening. It's happened all the time. And guess what? 10, 15 years from now, when Taylor Swift is no longer touring, there's going to be somebody else. And this I thing is going to happen be, again. I think she's going to continue touring until she's like 60, I feel like. She's going to be Fine. touring forever. So, to be fair, so is Madonna. And she's not getting the same crowd that she did 20, yeah. 30 years ago. Right? So that, that's what I'm saying. There will be a time when yeah, this, will be, this will be passe. Will be, yes. Yeah. And, and so, so just you, you all are caught up in the moment because you're at that certain age and all you see is this. That's yeah. all I'm trying to tell you. Blinders. It's it's fun. It's great, but it's not it's not unique in any way. Yeah. What is unique is what we saw the Miami Dolphins do on Sunday to the Denver Broncos. I got to tell you, I don't know if I can think of any other game in my life, Chase, where I saw a team put up twenty and still lose by fifty. <laughs> by fifty. <laughs> Okay, they scored. I mean, I've seen sixty-three to seven. I've seen sixty-two to whatever. But you score twenty points and you still lose by fifty. And oh, by the way, it was seventy to twenty with eight minutes to go in the half in the fourth quarter. Eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They could have put up any number of points they wanted. And we don't need to get into whether they should have gone for the record or not. I don't care. I thought Mike McDaniel's being classy in that situation. But we have to acknowledge how good Miami is right now because they did this without Jalen Waddell. Okay, they scored <laughs> 70 without their arguably their second best offensive player. Um, Hill was there. Obviously, Devin Achan, the, the rookie now wants to be called Achan, is what he said Achan. out of Texas A&M. has been phenomenal. But how good can Miami be? Because they're, they're on a pace right now. They, they've, they have more yards through the first three games than any other team in NFL history, and they have the second most points through three games than any other team in NFL history. How good can they be? Well, I mean, you saw it on Sunday. I mean, I'm watching the game, and Denver actually got it to 21-7 after it was 21 And I was like, oh, okay, they might have a chance. And just it was one of those days where – as an offensive play caller, as an entire offense, as an entire – like, you can't lose. I mean, they put their yeah. backups in after the first drive in the third quarter. That is unheard of. And Denver didn't do anything to, like, stop it. Like, they almost, like, laid down. That was what was more interesting to me because this is about pride. This is about, you know, how you feel. This is like, hey, can we get a couple drives together – to just make ourselves feel better about ourselves and and to and to Sean Payton's credit like he left he left Russell in there I would have taken him out put the other guy in and you know cuz you you're worried about injuries but the story for sure is Mike McDaniel, Frank Smith, Tua. I mean Tua right now is is the reason obviously that this yeah. offense is working the way it's working. Obviously they have all the weapons but you know a lot that's not talked about is the run game. And the run game yeah. is so interesting because I saw a stat that on 75% of their plays against the Broncos, they either shifted or motioned a guy, which is, yeah. that's an absurd amount of, you know, like pre-snap motion or shifts. And it's just all it is like when we were on offense and when we were, when we were rolling with some of the Saints teams, I think a couple 2011 
teams that we or 2011 Saints team I was on was like one of the best, like top five total amount of yards, stuff like that. We were pre-snap shifting motioning and that was sean payton's way of like blitzing a defense like you can't really do anything on offense unless you're in different personnel groupings and you're moving nonstop and you're making the defense react and that's exactly what is happening but it comes down to the speed okay the speed of everything happening is so fast to his time to throw in that game was 2.16 seconds 2.1 he is not holding the ball at all i mean that is a very short time so he yeah. knows where he's going Rarely does he get off his first read because it's always open. And he's just so good in that offense. And they've taught him so well within that offense. And then marry it with the run game. They're like the most yards in NFL history in a single game. I think they were three over 300, over 300, obviously, rushing and passing. I mean, all it's of it's working right now. It yeah. yeah, it's it's absurd. Like, all of it's working right now. And, I mean, I just want to know who's going to end up being the team to stop them because everything they've done, the chargers came up, played press man, got torched to his through for over 420 yards. This, this Denver game, I, I just watched two. I, I picked out 20 plays, good, bad, and different. All like, there was like 18 amazing plays yeah. on there that I watched. And it's just the, the Broncos are, are, are sitting in too high quarters to one side, half halves to the other. And, I mean, the half field safety's off the screen half the time. So there's a lot of space in there. And that's what you saw is like, hey, once these guys, especially like, you know, Tyreek, uh, and we're not even talking water, once they get the ball in space, like it's, it's yak. See ya. It's yak, yak, yak. Well, I mean, that first touchdown, I don't know how Denver decided to leave Tyreek Hill as the wide open wide receiver in that de yeah. defense. Yeah. You know? I actually, and, and, and I, I just saw that one. And, 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 I'll, and I'll tell you how it is because it was actually, and maybe we can show this on the screen right here. It's double post and it's seven step glance routes. Okay. So off their seven step, these receivers, it's Robbie Chosen. I think he's changed his name like 15 times. Yeah, Robbie Chosen. Rob, Robbie Anderson Chosen. Rob, yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. And Tyreek. And, and two is actually looking at. Robbie on the right side of the screen and they're running double post and, and two should just get down to his check down. Well, they're playing quarters to Robbie's side. So the quarter safety hits him, and Tyreek just continues to run, even though this is not his route. And there's a half field safety way over here off the screen. I pause it. You can't even see him. And he's just so open. Like, like two just stays with them, throws it to him. And I pause it. There wasn't a guy within 15 yards of Tyreek on that first touchdown, which is, absolutely insane but it was a busted play and he had yeah. all day to throw which is nuts yeah. all right so you you have to give miami all the credit in the world and mcdaniels has taken that uh, san francisco offense running game that you've alluded to with mostert and now achan and it is killing people the other side of the coin is denver here's the here's the most upsetting thing if you're a denver broncos fan russell wilson is so much better this year yeah. like sean payton has had the sean payton impact on russell wilson he is not really part of the problem right now. Everything else is the problem. You know Sean as well as anybody. I know Sean. At what point is he saying, son of a, what do I have to do here? And what have, what, what, what have I gotten myself into and is it fixable? Well, um, I don't think he's thinking that because I think with the, with the year off, he really just dove right full in on coaching. And I think it's, it's there for the long haul. Everyone knew, um, you know, except some people out there that thought, hey, they're just going to turn this around right away. Like, the team wasn't great, okay? His yeah. job was to get Russell playing at a higher level, which he is. Russell is playing, stat-wise, very good. Their own three, though. Way and better. No, way better it, than last year. It's not even close. And, and the, the thing about me is that, uh, you know, being in that division for a long time, 
their defense, I thought too, watch, they had a lot of people. Their defense is not the same defense as last year or the year before. No. And that to me is the problem. Okay, they should have won the Commanders game. Okay, they got blow, blown out by, you know, Miami. And it's just, it's, it's, I feel like they're, they're close. I don't think, I don't think Sean is with, I don't think he's doing that. I, I think he's like, hey, let's head down, let's fix it. 0 oh, 3, it stinks. But that, I mean, that defense, it's just not, it's not what they used to be. And that to me is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, no question. And uh, you can certainly tell the, the impact Vic Fangio, the former Broncos head coach, is having in Miami as the defensive mm. coordinator. So now, after that disaster, Denver takes on Chicago. Both teams are 0-3. This might be the worst matchup of the entire year. Okay, mm. might be the worst matchup of the entire year. There are some seats on StubHub for this game that are going for $2.11. no. to go see an NFL game between the Broncos and the Bears. And the Bears are coming off getting humiliated by Kansas City 41-10 in the Travis Taylor game. And that's the last time we'll talk about it in those terms. Uh, But there's two things we need to talk about in the the, uh, Chicago Bears situation. The idea of Justin Fields playing instinctually and thinking less, that didn't work. They have a problem, Chicago does. I don't know if it's the marriage between Eberflus and Getze and Justin Fields, or is it Justin Fields, or is it just the coaching staff, but there is a problem there that they tried to fix by bringing in Eberflus last year, and we saw some things that improved with Justin Fields in his ability to run, but his ability to throw accurately, consistently, and read defenses is still a problem. How big of a concern is this for a team that took a first-round pick with their quarterback in 2021? Well, I mean, it's a major concern, right? I mean, this is not what you're expecting. You're expecting in year three, you're, you're hoping for and expecting, if you're Ryan Poles, a jump like Jalen Hurts had from his second to his third year. We've talked about that a lot. I went back and I watched the 28 called pass plays in the Chiefs game, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like there, there was nothing open in that game. They had like three turnovers in the two minute drill, like three separate, two separate turnovers in the two minute drill that led to points. And so when you get behind that much and you're on the road, you're playing in the Swifty game, like stuff that just happened to your organization just happened. Like there's no coming back from that. Like there's, there's, in my opinion, there was no way they were going to win that game. And to get, to get blown out the way they did, obviously not great, but now it's time. This is a winnable game for the Bears, and, and I think that what happened against the Bears and the Chiefs, I mean, I, I think it was a little bit of both. Justin holding onto the ball, I think it's the coaching uh, uh, over there, like just everything they drew up, the Chiefs had an answer for, and that's sort of that's sort of tough, but you're also playing against the Chiefs defense, so you're not going to feel good about yourself after that anyway. And so yeah. I think this Broncos Bears, I mean, it's 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 literally win or go home. It sucks. Three, you can you can't come back from, but if you're if you end up going, you know, one and three versus, I mean, I don't know. This is I'm going to watch it just because I think the quarterback play is interesting. I think I want to see what what Russ does and what they have going on. I see I used the word interesting right there. Okay. I didn't say okay. cool or good. I said interesting. Yeah. And I do want to see what Justin feels like. Much does in the same way a car wreck point. can be interesting. <laughs> 
right? Like, yeah. Ooh, what yeah. Happened? I don't. I can't imagine there's going to be much of a sell out of this game. Yeah. So, so then there's two things we need to touch on on Kansas City, and you mentioned it. Uh, and people are going to say, "Oh, it was the Bears? What does it matter?" Well, through three games, the Chiefs' defense has given up three touchdowns. Mm. Okay. By the way, they, they they played the first game against a really high pout, high pot, uh, high scoring, highly powerful, potent Detroit Lions offense, and only gave up two touchdowns. And you know yeah. the, the, what sealed the game was the pick six off Kadarius Tony's hands. They played that one without Chris Jones. They had a bunch of players out against Chicago, including arguably their second best defensive player, Nick Bolton, who didn't play. Yep. Linebacker out of where? Where where's he from? Where's Nick Bolton from? Mizzou, baby. Uh, there you go. Uh, and they still just suffocated uh, the Chicago Bears. People yeah. do not understand how good this defense is in Kansas City right now. This is by far, by by a mile, by a freaking mile, the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had to deal with on the other side of the ball. Chase, you've seen this defense. It, it, it's it's a top five unit in the league right now. There's no doubt. There's no and and by the way, they're the youngest unit in the league right now. The 2022 draft. The, the the 2022 draft. You go back and look at that draft and look at all the defensive starters and stars. They got that. That is a clinic on how to draft players and have them on rookie contracts for four to five years. But go ahead. And yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's one of the top five defenses in the league. And, and Spags has done such a good job of getting that defense to a point. Because it's it's not like some sit back and some quarter style defense. and not It's a very attacking style defense. They're probably the number one team in the league at doing edge pressure. I've talked about it before. It's these, whether it's a nickel and a dime or a linebacker and a linebacker at a base, like whatever. And, and they give this... This feeling, hey, we're bringing six, we're bringing zero, and it doesn't. And it's just, it's difficult to, it's difficult to like prepare for. And the fact is that like when they weren't blitzing Justin Fields on Sunday, they were playing this quarters look where it's almost man outside, and everyone underneath is just tied. Like you can tell it's getting taut really, really. They're just tied to the quarterback and to the line and the film study and the breakdown of what they're doing and how it's being taught. Like that to me is what's interesting, and it's, it, to to an outsider's eye, there's oh they're playing good. Well, they're being taught really well on the defense. They don't yeah. do a whole bunch of stuff, but I mean these these routes that that Justin Fields and the Bears and everyone else were running, like they're they're taken away. Like it's not even like remotely open to where you're going to throw it. They're getting doubled and stuff. And I just think everyone's taken you know, authority within that, within that defense. Like, Hey, we're going to be really great. And I do think it's like one of their best players on defense other than Chris Jones didn't even play, which yeah. Bolton, like it's nuts. It's crazy. Spagnuolo is really putting together a really good unit. And Brett Beach is <clears throat> the GM has given a really good hand. All right. Before we move on yeah. from this, you and I had the same reaction to one throw from Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. It was Ooh. in the first half and uh, he was sort of rolling to his left and he's about to take a hit and Justin Watson is is running out uh, as sort of an out route to the right sideline. I, I don't know if there's another human that could make that throw. And I, and I said at one point after watching, yeah, great job by Watson to adjust because he was looking over his left shoulder on the inside, then turned to the outside. And you said, no, bro, Mahomes threw it that way, so he had to do that. Yeah, and that's what people don't understand. Like, that's what we were talking about, and that's what a lot of people don't. Right. Like, they're going to see the completion on the stat sheet, be like, oh, cool, 40-yard completion. But if you look at the play – Justin Watson's not even really in the read. He's looking away from him. He gets flushed out of the pocket. He's, he's, he goes up into the pocket, and there's nothing there in the pocket to move up in. And so yeah. he's just he's, he's belly to belly with, with an offensive lineman, throws it, 
And no one in their right mind, like when Justin, when he saw Justin Watson going, Justin turned upfield and was looking over his left shoulder. Okay. But Patrick saw a bunch of stuff in the middle of the field and said, in a half second, in an instant, said, hey, I see all this while there's stuff in my face I can barely tell, and decides, hey, if anything, I'm going to give him a chance over his back shoulder or his right shoulder, and Justin actually does a really good job making it, but there's no one in the world that can make that split-second decision to be able to throw a ball like that while getting hit and be that accurate with it. There's multiple plays in a game like that, but it was just sort of glossed over, but... It was one of the the best throws I've seen this year, without a doubt. I just want to make clear why you're you're saying this. You were with Drew Brees in New Orleans. You were with Justin Herbert the last couple of years uh, for the Chargers. So you've been around quality quarterbacks. You're saying you don't know anyone else that could have done what he just did with that throw. Well, it's it, it's not only uh, it's not only the the wherewithal to actually think in my head that I'm going to try to make this play. Okay. So he has that, the confidence of him, because if he throws a pick, guess what? Who cares? I'll just get it back next time. But he not only protected the ball, but it's, it's also the arm talent. We talk about arm power, the strength of your arm. Can you throw it? it? That's not what I'm talking about. It's how he contorts his body in a very tight pocket, very tight amount of space to be able to get enough zip on the ball. It might not be from the correct arm angle that he's getting it on, but to get the up and down of the ball to fall over his right shoulder and then the imagination to be like, hey, in literally 0.3 seconds, I'm going to do this because I think it's probably going to be the best and then have it completed and just ho-hum, let's get in the huddle. Do the, it's it's you're watching great. You're watching greatness, yeah. and it's these whole hum throws that people take for granted. That I'm just like, as a quarterback who's seen Drew Brees, Alex Smith, Carson, all these guys make these. It's it's not even close the amount of arm talent that Patrick Mahomes has. It's it's far and above superior. It's not even close. Yeah, that's why he was the fastest twenty five thousand <laughs> yards in NFL history uh, and did it. In, I think with seven games to spare. So absolutely ridiculous. All right, we'll get about bad quarterback play, and there's a lot of it, a little bit later. But we mentioned the Chargers, and the Chargers avoided going 0-3 with a win in Minnesota. Uh, the Vikings are 0-3. But, man, did they get lucky. And, and uh, I, listen, I know that you love Brandon Staley. But I got to tell you, his decision for me, uh, fourth and one with a four-point lead with just about two minutes to play in the game, and he goes for it inside his own 25-yard line. You know, the, the mentality is, hey, we get the first down, we basically win the game. I get that. But as the head coach, you have to you have to rationalize and go through the process of what happens if we don't get it, is the risk versus the reward. And I think that's the thing that drove me. Like, to me, I tweeted this. I think, I, after I said, I think Brandon Staley just committed a fireable offense. Uh, they were bailed out because of a tip ball in the end zone that, that Murray was able to pick off. But that those decisions, they look worse and worse almost every week with Staley. Okay, the last four games that he's coached, he blew a 27-0 lead in the playoffs. He lost the first two games of the year. And quite frankly, he should have lost this one. Okay? Yeah. By that decision, they should have lost that game. It's, it's getting harder and harder for me to defend Brendan Staley as a head coach with these decisions that he keeps making. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to lie when I, I mean, the, like, so I'm watching all these games. And by the way, watching 
multiple games, eight, nine early games at once is very difficult to do. So congrats, America, because this it's is the a first skill. time. It's a skill. It's a skill, and I have not mastered it because I have you know a YouTube TV with four screens and then another TV on the outside patio and four, and I'm trying to watch and trying to figure out what sound I pick. And, and usually the, the sound for me in the early games, if, if the Chargers are playing, or on the Chargers for obvious reasons. And when I saw that the Chargers were sort of rolling and it was going to end up in a shootout. And I saw that decision. I thought to myself, boy, they better not lose this game because yeah. things could get really, really interesting on the way back. And I'm not just talking about, hey, a fireball offense. I'm talking about, like, you might lose the locker room at that point because to me, thank you. that is absolutely absurd. Now, it's not getting talked about. It's not getting national news now because they won and they're 1-2 and two rather than 0-3. And, and their defense ends up bailing him out. But Kirk Cousins fit that ball into yeah. the tight end. Like he, yeah. like, he dropped the ball, which should have been a touchdown in K-9. Kenneth Murray picked it off in the end zone for the win. And, and sometimes that's crazy. Like, sometimes you look back on some of these situations, and, and that's sort of maybe the break that teams like this need because the Chargers right now, their defense is not great. And they would be the first one to, to tell you that. But their offense right now, I mean, other than losing Mike Williams, their offense, I think Quentin Johnson's going to step up, is, yeah. is absurd. Other than Miami, they're the second best offense in the league. And it's not even close in a lot of these categories. So they are rolling right now. To have 40 completions in an NFL game like Justin Herbert did, 40-47, complete 85% of his passes, over 400 yards. Keenan Allen had a monster day through a – Threw a touchdown pass, caught, I mean, 15 to 18, I don't know, something crazy amount of passes. Like, they're yeah. rolling, and, and it's just a shame that that, that decision. I mean, I, look, I'm, I like the guy. I, I just thought the decision in the moment was saying to your defense, I don't trust you. And, Thank you. And that's just, Thank that's you. just literally what it is. And, and it's saying, hey, it's a little bit like I don't trust the defense because the way they've been playing, but also like – I want to win it. So there's a fine line in that locker room on how you take that. And it ended up winning, and they're having fun on the plane ride home, and they're having hard conversations, yada, yada, yada. But from an outsider's perspective now, it was just like punt the ball, make them go 70 yards at most to yeah. score rather than give them 20. It was, it was an interesting, interesting decision to say the least. Well, you know, you stay there and say, well, I trusted my defense. Well, no, if you really trust your defense, what you want to do is punt it away because then they have yeah. to go the length of the field, okay? And, and look, they got away with it. They got away with it. But it, it, it drives me crazy when coaches do this because – and I get into these fights with, uh, with analytics folks. I want to be clear. I love analytics. I love yeah. statistics, okay? I, I, I factor that into everything I'm thinking – but you can't just say, well, it was the right decision because, you know, 78% of the time on fourth and one, you're going to get it. Because going forward on fourth and one inside your own 24-yard line is not the same as going forward on fourth and two from your 27 in the first quarter. Okay? Those are not the same thing. They're not no. the same thing. And we had this fantastic argument years ago uh, with the stats department at ESPN. Do you remember the, the Colts-Patriots game? Uh, it, 20, 2010, I think it was, yep. when Bill Belichick went for it on fourth and due yep. uh, yep. at Lucas Field, Lucas yep. Oil Stadium. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, and they didn't get it. 
And uh, the, the guy said uh, in the stats bar, well, that was the right call based on the numbers. Well, I said, well, what are the numbers going for it on the road, fourth and two, hostile environment inside the 30? He said, well, there's not enough stats to, to find that. Well, then it's not the right number, okay? You can't, <laughs> equate, you can't equate a second quarter, fourth and one, with over 30 minutes of football to play uh, – to the to a game deciding situation with the feelings of the players, the emotions of the players, the the amplitude of the moment. That's a different thing. Those things are not the same statistic. And I hate it when people jump those stats and m- put those stats all together and say they're equal because they're not. Well, and I and I mean they're not. They're not. And and a lot of it has to deal with how are you feeling, how the game is rolling, how how things are going, the big M momentum is is actually yeah. very big. It plays into some of these coaches' thinkings. And the momentum was not on their side. And the fourth and one play, a fullback dive, like, that's that's the play? Like, if in, I don't know. I mean, they, they got off the bus on yeah. Sunday at Minnesota saying, hey, we're without Austin Eckler, Josh Kelly, we love you, but we're going to put this game on Herbert. And we're going to throw it 47 times. I mean, I think they ran it 10 times, threw it 47. And one of the 10 or 12 runs that you have is a fullback dive on fourth and one. Like, come on. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, just not a good but, one. But at least, I'll give Brandon Staley credit, at least he could do math. Because we had another coach who didn't understand math. And for those that didn't stay up to see the end of the Sunday night game between the Steelers and the Raiders, uh, late in that game, the Raiders were down eight points. And with four minutes and 40 seconds to play, uh, they were down eight. They were going to kick a field goal because they had all their timeouts. That makes all the sense in the world to me. Okay, you got four plus 40 left in the game. Cut it to, uh, get a get a field goal here. Cut it to five and then a touchdown wins you, wins you the game. Okay? Yeah. But there was a penalty on the field goal. So they opted to keep the get the first down, keep going. And then they were down to about two minutes left. And then Josh decided to kick the field goal. And that one made no sense to me. Because if you're kicking the field goal and you get the three, then you have to either go for the onside kick or you have to kick the ball off and hope your defense stops you. Whereas if you went for it on fourth down, and even if you didn't get it, you have them pinned back. And so the, 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 the odds of them doing what they were able to do after the kickoff by the field goal and put you down by the 15 yard line with 12 seconds left are, is a, is a very unlikely scenario. I could not understand why Josh made that decision. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't either because you, you look at it and, and all these, all these coaches at the end of their press conference, they're going to say, Hey, this is what we thought. This is how we're thinking. And then they're going to, you know, decide this is, you know, this is my argument for doing it. But everyone in America was saying, you're so close and the time is so low. Like why not go for it? And he's like, we're going to need two possessions regardless. Well, you're not going to need two possessions. That's the worst part. Or a touchdown. Like, like, even if you tie, even if you end up tying in overtime, it's a draw. And it, you, at least you get like a half win, half loss. Like if you end up losing and not getting it, like you've lost. Like I, that to me just doesn't make a lot of sense from that standpoint. I mean, I, that I, I don't know. I mean, the way the way their defense was playing too, it, all this stuff factors in, but you're down there far enough to actually understand like, hey, no, this situation, you need eight points. Like, yeah. you're down there close. Go, okay, we had, a, we had something very similar happen. Matt Nagy, I think it was 2018 or 2019, we were playing in New York, and we were getting our butts kicked. I was actually playing at the time, and we ended up driving down. I think we were down 14 points with 
two minutes left, which is, yeah. no, we were down 10. Sorry. We were down 10 points with two minutes left. And this was a perfect example of like why these coaches, I thought Nagy handled this one really well is like, we're driving in the two minute and we get, we, we get a, a couple fourth down conversions, the Tyreek, uh, or to, uh, who, who's the run, uh, running back for us at the time. Um, that's now with the Panthers. Um, the, uh, which team we talk about the bears or the chiefs, the bears, the bears. Um, Oh my gosh. I, I forgot his name. Yeah. That yeah, um, must've been anyway. a great player. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he was, he was, he was out of the league forever. He's just back in. I can't even think of his name. He's with Carolina, just signed with Carolina. Um, anyway, I'll think of it. Uh, goes okay. down and and have have a couple completions, and we're fourth and two at the five yard line. We're down ten points. There's less than a minute left. Okay, and Nagy comes over. We call a timeout. Nagy comes over to me. Hey, do should we go for it right here? Because we're down ten, or should we kick it? And here's what I said. I said, no, kick it. Kick it because you don't know. At least you give yourself a chance to be in the game. We ended up kicking it, and we actually got the onside kick, which was way less, way more difficult to do than what the Raiders had to do, and ended up going down there and tying the game and taking it to overtime. Like that to me <clears> makes <throat> sense. That is a completely different situation, but yeah. in, in similar uh, sort of hands right there. Like I just didn't get why they didn't go for it, especially if you're only down eight. Yeah, extend the game. And oh, by the way, he said we needed multiple possessions. No, six plus two is eight. You only Tariq need Cohen. One. That's who it is. Tariq, Tariq Cohen. Oh, Tariq Cohen. Yeah, Tariq Cohen. Good to see him back in the league, by the way. Yes. Um, that that was the worst part. Josh basically said, I didn't know how to do math. And that that's a problem. Okay, that's a problem. All right, speaking of problems, the Vikings are 0-3. Uh, and they've lost all three games by one score. Last year, they won... 11 games by one score. This stuff is not repeatable every year. You can't count on that kind of stuff. No. And the Jets are 0-3. And the Jets are 0-3 after losing their 15th straight game to the New England Patriots. And if they had any semblance of quarterback play, Chase, oh. they should have won this game. Because three times in the final few minutes of the fourth quarter, the Jets' defense did exactly what they needed to do. They got the ball back to their offense where they were down 13-10. to And then they got a safety. And we thought that was the end of the game. But the Jets got the, the defense got the ball back again when they were down 15 to 10 and they couldn't do anything with it. And then when they were down 15 to 10 again, it was, I get it was sort of a Hail Mary situation with under a minute to play, but they gave that offense three chances, three chances yeah. in the fourth quarter, either down three or down five, to score and tie the game or win the game. And Zach Wilson and company couldn't do squat. And oh, by the way, yeah. the Jets play the Chiefs this week. Okay, so it's not getting better. It's no. not getting better. So Robert Sala has said, Zach Wilson is still our guy. How much longer can he say that? How much I mean, longer can they yeah. ride this thing at one and two? Because it's it's gonna get ugly. They 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 shouldn't ride. Mm -hmm. on, I mean, I, I after a few games and the way he's played, not only like the result of the games have obviously in, ended in you know losses. But to say that you have been all in all year long and have done everything to compete for a championship this year, this yeah. was the year the Jets were going. The defense was the defense. The offense was Aaron Rodgers and whoever he wanted to bring along with him on this hayride of, of players. And then to trust Zach Wilson. And, and listen, Zach, Zach ended up winning the first game for him, coming back and miraculously winning the Bills game. I, I don't know how, but ended up happening. And just the way that Zach has played the last two games. Now, granted, against two difficult defenses in Dallas and New England, but 
I mean, I just don't know. You you get one more game, in my opinion. You get yeah. one more game, and then we'll see what happens. But, like, there's too many guys on the street right now that could be an upgrade on Zach Wilson to where you don't have to win us a game. Just operate the offense. And that's what I'm seeing when I'm watching this film is, like, not, not only are you not operating the offense, but you just look like a little bit like you're seeing ghosts a little bit. Like, you're just not really no. seeing the the – the like there's a couple there's a there's a there's a clip on social media i think dan olowski broke down and it's four verticals yeah, and yeah and i'm looking at it and i'm like oh it's covered two okay you're gonna have the bender to the field down to the back maybe a whole shot to the field and zach takes five steps and just throws it to the running back and i'm like yeah. okay that's great in but you have to be able to feed his confidence somehow take that like, whole shot well that that's the point the he has no shot. confidence he has yeah. no confidence right now. He has and none. That's that's, right. that's that's the scariest thing to me. All right, you, you mentioned there are guys in the street. You and I both agree there's one guy that can come in and run that offense right now, and they'd be much better, and that's Joe Flacco. Like, we, we both agree on that, right? He knows I, the I don't players. know how he hasn't. Yeah, like, it, what? It's almost like, insane. He's not going to be expensive. He's not no. going to be expensive. He's going to be an upgrade. Let yeah. him sit for a few weeks and learn it. I mean, exactly. I don't get it. And there's another, get it. There's, another, yeah. there's another one out there that is, like, a little bit in flux right now. I'm not sure if he's helped, but Colt McCoy. Like, Colt McCoy is... It, it, like right. knows that I mean and I've heard like rumors and, and rumblings like like he would he would be an upgrade like at least to run the offense massive. you have a veteran guy in like he'd be yeah. a, a massive upgrade but but you know the thing that's being talked about now is Kirk Cousins because Kirk's on the last year of his contract in Minnesota do it uh, okay but here, here's the here's the interesting thing right because Kirk's gonna Kirk's gonna require some capital right and the, Just the Vikings the Vikings, if they're going to make this move, they're going to have to say, well, screw it, our season's over. So I don't think Kirk is going to go to Minnesota until they are 0-5, or from Minnesota to the Jets, until they're 0-5 or 0-6. And, and at that point, does it even make sense for the no, Jets to yeah, try and make no. that trade? Because they might be 1-5, right? Yeah, So I mean, like if you if you said in a, in a vacuum, do it right now, fine. But the Vikings aren't going to do that. They're not going to punt on their season yet, even though you're 0-3, you only make the playoffs 2.5% of the time going back to 1990. Your season is essentially over. Um, but, but then there's the other part, right? Because if you're, if, you're, if you're going to make the trade for Kirk, right, he's going to say, I'm not just coming for this season, bro. Like, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, we got to go beyond this season. And that's where the Aaron Rodgers thing continues to be a problem. Because I think Aaron's due close to $40 million next year. $40 million next year. Now... I do not believe that Aaron is just going to say, you know what? I don't need that $40 million. I'm retiring. I don't think that's happening, okay? He'd be an idiot to say, you know what? I'm just going to not take that $40 million. See ya, you know? So he's going to want his money. So if you're making that trade for Kirk Cousins, how much can you actually pay Kirk Cousins to, to lure him to come over there knowing you're probably on the hook for $40 million for Aaron Rodgers unless he decides to be, once again, benevolent Aaron and give money away for a second straight season. Yeah, so there's a lot of layers in this, and I, and I don't necessarily agree with that this would have to be for more than a year for Kirk to go, and I'll tell you why. And the reason I say that is because, well, first of all, there's a lot of layers, okay? And the layers are, exa you hit it right on, is if the Jets are... 0 and 7 or 0 and 6. Well, they have a win. They have a win. They have a win. Yeah, when they're 1 and 5 or 1, if they're yeah. 1 and 5 or 1 and 6, like the trade, it's not even, it's, but if the Jets can like get three wins, be like 3 and 4 or 3 and 5, like something like, then it might make sense to trade for a guy like Kirk. It's going to be a huge cap hit this year, but 
if I'm Minnesota and my season's down the drain, why not trade him? And Kirk's saying, hey, I can go. And if we can get, like, even in the playoffs and let me have a few games to get revved up and get rolling, like, it makes a lot of sense because Kirk can not only play for a Super Bowl contender, which I thought they were, even, you know, obviously with Aaron Rodgers, and nothing's changed other than the quarterback play. So if you can plug Kirk Cousins in there and say, hey, we're going to go on a run here, and Kirk has a – amazing like couple 10 12 games and it's only going to make him more money and he's going to hit the open market and of course i don't know if you know the the jets are going to be willing to walk away from 40 mil obviously that but i think i think it could work out but it all depends it all depends on yeah. the jets record like yeah. truly all depends and the, on the, and the vikings record and the vikings yeah. record, right yeah. if they if yeah. they win three in a row they're not punting on him they're not doing that no you know yeah i mean if they end so, up three and three i mean yeah i yeah. To- totally agree so the next question, because I, I do is. think, I just, I think he's going to, I want, I want it to happen. I, I tweeted the other day. I'm like, I, let's make it happen, man. Like, let's, let's go. Yeah. Let's get Kirk Cousins, Broadway, Broadway Kirk, man. That'd be, oh. that'd be something else. That would be uh, spicy. Uh, yeah. I think the next three weeks will determine whether the Jets want to make that trade or the Vikings want to make that trade. But right now it makes no sense for either team. Right now it makes no yeah. sense for either team. Yep. Got to talk about Mac Jones. After the game, Sauce Gardner said, "Hey, he hit me right in the right in the K Jones, right in the family jewels." And uh, <laughs> then he posted video, and it was a little unclear. And then there was another much clearer video, and it's pretty clear that Mac Jones did a little nut tap on uh, on uh, on Sauce Gardner. Okay, he yeah. he hit him in the sauce. He hit Sauce in the sauce. He hit him in the sauce. So, and this is the problem. The problem for Mac Jones is he's got a resume now. Okay. Uh, there was a play a few years ago where it was the first time I saw it and he was trying to, after an interception, he was trying to make sure Brian Burns didn't get there and he twisted his ankle. And, I, and that was ankle. like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, maybe that, whatever. And then there was a slide a few years ago, last year in the Monday night game in Chicago to uh, number nine, to I can't remember Brisker. his name. Yeah, Brisker. Hit him right in the nuts, okay? Yeah. Mac Jones is a dirty player. Like, let's just say it. Mac Jones is a dirty player. Like, he's becoming yeah. the Grayson Allen of the NFL. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. And and it's not a good look when you have three separate incidences. And I think there's another one that I'm missing, by the way, I think there's another one that I haven't, I can't remember. I think there's another one. The point is he better cut that shit out or someone's going to take care of it for him. Oh man. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially, especially when Mac Jones is just an interesting player to me. And he's not one that could get away with this stuff. Correct. And, you're not good enough, bro. You're not good enough to get away with this stuff. And as a quarterback, as a teammate, I might, I might like the fire and the competitive, but there's a line that you cross when you hit sauce in the sauce, man. Like, stay away from yeah. the cojones. Like, do not, yeah. do not touch that region. And and so I, I love how Sauce was like, I'm just posting this so I don't get fined. <laughs> like yeah. that to me was the 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 you know funniest thing I've I've seen. But it's just I would agree after two or three of these incidents, like you're you're a dirty player, bro. Like it's just yeah. is what it is, and and it, it it bums me out to think that this is the reputation that a quarterback is getting because there's not a lot of quarterbacks that have that reputation. And but when you go and you have your media availability and you just sort of just say, hey, no, it didn't happen, whatever. There's video evidence yeah. of it happening all three or four times. And so you're lying to me if I'm if you're lying to my face, bro. Like I saw it. And so that to me yeah. is like a little bit like, 
dude, just like call it what it is. I, I got, I got like super competitive juices flowing. I shouldn't have done it. Move on. But he hasn't once no. admitted to it. That to me no. is a problem. By the way, Chris Long had the greatest line ever. He said, uh, dirtiest QB out there, Conrad Throbler, uh, which is oh a throwback to the former Cardinals offensive lineman, Conrad Dobler, who was regarded and enjoyed being the dirtiest player in the league when he played in the 70s and wow. 80s. So hat tip to Chris Long for Conrad Throbler. Really, really, really nicely done. All right, let's wrap this up with rapid fire. Through three weeks, what is your favorite line storyline in football right now? And it can't be Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I'm just telling you that right now. Can't be. I wasn't going to say that. Thank I wasn't God. Say Thank that. God. Um, it's Tua. It's Tua yeah. and the Dolphins because it's not only like my favorite storyline, but it's it's historical. Like the start to the season is historical. Like the way they're playing on offense, they might not lose a game. I mean, it's going to be impossible yeah. to keep it up. But we'll see what happens when. Teams Whoa, are actually I mean, able. Did, did you did you just say they may not lose a game? Did you just yeah. make the seventeen and zero call? I'm noted, noted. Uh, Chinch put it down on the pod that just about fifty minutes in, Josh. I I'm mean, all in, Chase, man. Chase Chase says seventeen and zero, baby. Seventeen and zero. Yeah, I noted. Think no defense. Like, what are you going to do to stop them? They're going to have an off game, and if their defense can play in an off game, but the yeah. way they're rolling right now, it's. It's historical. So that's, that's me. What about you? Who, who are you going with? Um, I, honestly, uh, I, I think I have to say the same thing. Part of me wants to say what yeah. can Patrick Mahomes do with the defense because I've seen what he can do with an average defense. But I, the Mike McDaniel story is fascinating. Like, here's the best part about it, okay? Uh, the Denver Broncos have Sean Payton. Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniels are both kids from Denver. Neither one of them are coaching the Broncos. And then when Washington got rid of Mike Shanahan on that staff was Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniels, Sean McVay, and Matt LaFleur, and they went to Jay Gruden. Okay? So the choices you make sometimes come back to haunt you pretty, pretty big. And that's the thing. Like, like sometimes these these things, they're right there in front of you, and if you don't see them, they will come back to bite you in the ass. And I think that's what we've seen in Washington, and I think that's what we're seeing in Denver right now. Um, all right, here's an interesting one. Uh, the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft from a quarterback perspective was Kenny Pickett. The last quarterback taken was Brock Purdy. you got to pick one of those guys for five years. Who are you rolling with? Who do you think? Purdy. Who do you think? Purdy. It's Purdy. not even close. And look, Kenny Pickett's making progress. He's he's doing what he's, he's coached to do. I don't know if Matt Canada is the answer to the offense of how they want to roll things, but – He's making progress. He's making strides. You know, Pickens, having Pickens helps. But Brock Purdy, to me, that just shows you, like, like I saw this, and I'm like, yeah, it's Brock Purdy's time close. But that just shows you the crapshoot of evaluating quarterbacks. And I'm yeah. not, you know, it just is like, you have no idea. You have the first quarterback taken that year, which, if you ask America this question, would you take Kenny Pickett or Brock Purdy? About 95% of them, and the other 5% are Steelers fans, would pick Brock Purdy. <laughs> So it's like it's not even close, and yeah. and it just goes to show you like this dude's mystery relevant, which is the last pick yeah. in the draft, and he is playing at such a high level right now. Love what Kenny Pickett's done, but Brock Purdy, and I'm guessing you're Brock Purdy as well. Yeah, I'd go Brock Purdy, and I know this is early, but I got to throw this one out there as well. All right, Bryce Young, number one overall pick, C.J. Stroud, number two, Anthony Richardson, number four. Richardson's played two games. Hasn't finished either one of them. Missed last week. Gardner Minshew led them to an overtime win uh, over the Ravens. 
Uh, Bryce Young played two games, terrible in each one of them. Didn't play last week. Panthers yeah. fell to Seattle. C.J. Stroud has looked amazing. C.J. Really Stroud, good. I think, is I think is the, the, the has the the longest streak of uh, a pass attempts for a rookie quarterback without throwing an interception. Mm. Did the Panthers get it wrong? That's way too early. You know better than that to ask me that question. He's I, played two games. Like what? You just come on. He's like, he's so small. He's, he's so, so small. small. He is so small. But and he's already I, I he's agree. already missing time. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. It's not a good look, but give him a year. Ask me this next right. year when we're on the second All season. Right. Okay. All right. Give it. Say, oh, good, good. Second season confirmed. Got it. Let's Nailed go. down. We are locked in. in for the second season. <laughs> but see, but this is the see, this is the generational gap that is fun. And we'll close it up with this because what I love most about talking to you is how we look at things completely differently. And uh, when I was putting something up on on uh, TikTok this week, Chase Daniels and Chinch put up the screenshot, responded in the group text, Trey Wingo has a talk talk. <laughs> Not a TikTok, a talk talk is what you sent me. And I wrote back, Chase calls it talk talk. And Chase responded, how old are you again? And I wrote back, old enough to know you got to put the product where the peoples are, baby. That's, that's just product <laughs> placement. You got to put it out there where people can consume it. And you have a talk talk too. I refuse to call it TikTok. Like, just call it talkie talkie or talk talk talkie talkie. I mean, like, you know, whatever. And I'm still trying to figure out how to use it. But yeah, I mean, now you you got me on the whole ticky talkie talk talk train. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, listen, it, it is you got. I, I like what you said. You got to put the info where the where the people are. But I'm yeah. a little bit worried about how to keep up with all the social media now. But I'm I'm trying to trying to make it work. Yeah, don't worry about it. There'll be no dancing post for me. Trust me, I, I can promise you that. We'll just say, instead of, instead of TikTok or TikTok. That's talk, what America call, wants, is you dancing. Yeah, no, that's definitely what America doesn't want. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will say goodbye. Goodbye.